Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me is my co-host, the Bay Area Blazer, Ro Zapanta. Look good, feel good, pod good. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's I get it, it every time, man. I have to say it. I have to. How you it's doing, gonna man? be a sad. It's gonna be a sad day when you stop saying that. No, I never. I'm never. gonna just drop it at the end of whatever I say. You should. Like it gets me hyped, but then I feel like I bring the the mood down when I like because like I get excited about it, but then I just need to talk about it every single episode yeah i think i think it's just a thing now dude it's just it's a like thing one that of those things where you know you have a problem but you just can't stop i think that's called like addiction or something i don't know i don't want to get too far Psychosis. down this rabbit hole man it sounds dark <laughs> this sounds really dark right now all right let's let's dig ourselves out here yeah for sure how you doing man i'm good i'm good you man like i, I we haven't spoken in a while well for a week True. uh you've been down in san diego right yeah man you know, ce- celebrating love. I had to go to a wedding. It was great. San Diego. Weather is just absolutely perfect. Made me think that maybe I should move there too. Hey, man. I just Live, keep, laugh, love, right? I just keep traveling further south and south, dude. But San Diego <laughs> weather, man, incredible. Anyway. Sweet. Dude, you should just keep moving south and end up in Mexico and I'll see you down there. <laughs> Sounds good. Dude, I was actually staying <laughs> in Chula Vista, which yeah, is funny. like only like a few miles away from tj it's pretty close anyway did you go no i don't have a passport or oh, an updated man. passport so come on brother i know i wouldn't i would i would be doing this pod from <laughs> from somewhere else other than california let me tell you a little foreshadow it's not even foreshadowing i'm just gonna say i will be doing a podcast uh episode from the beautiful cabo san lucas uh towards the end of june so oh, what? just What's prepare up? yourself for that even though I take vacations, I, c- I can't quit this. I Sounds good to you. me, dude. You, you hear that, Bucket Busters? I can't quit you. I can't quit you. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk about some basketball here. Uh, so it turns out that Boston, uh, the Heat, the Warriors, yeah. and the Mavs all survive round two of the playoffs. Right. Did, did you did you say that you thought Boston was going to beat the Bucks? Oh yes, I did. Or did you think the Bucks? Well, were gonna okay. Come here's the thing. Here's the thing. I what I had actually said was that I didn't care which team won between uh, Boston or Milwaukee, but I did kind of hope deep down that Boston would take it just because of all the North. Or the oh yeah, North, that's right. Well, there are North Portland ties, but all the Portland ties. Right. And I can't remember what you said, but I think I think we were all in agreement that we wanted Boston to win. Yeah, I was cheering for Boston, but I was absolutely terrified that Giannis was just going to do Giannis things. <laughs> um, but yeah, Boston let's, came up on top. Anyway, let's let's, let's get to talk it. about those game sevens, though. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Like one, the Boston took care of business. They came in and they took care of business. But then you go and watch the dismantling of the Suns. That was surprising. Yeah. absolutely surprising like luca was absolutely incredible spencer dinwiddie also i think had 30 points that game it was just weird man i i did not expect such a flat performance from both chris paul 
and Devin Booker. Like, yeah. it was crazy. They were non-factors for the majority of the, well, the entire game. Yeah. And I, I want to say that I think Chris Paul didn't even score his first field goal until, like, midway in the third, which yeah, is absolutely shocking. Is this the last time we see, like, playoff Paul? Like, is is this going to be, like, a normal occurring thing? Like, do you feel like it's it's age, his regress now? Are you asking year? me if I think Chris Paul will make the playoffs next year? In the same fashion that he did this year, where, like, he w- he had a game where he was scored, like, what, f- he was 14 for 14. There was a lot of times during the year where I think they were, like, the best clutch team this last well, year. They were the number one team throughout the regular season. Um, right, but I mean like clutch stats too. Like when it came down to two minutes yeah. left, they were they were the best performing. As far as Chris Paul is concerned, I don't think this is the last we've seen of him. I don't think that they're going to be steamrolling the league like they were this past season. Um, I I do, however, believe that this was Chris Paul's last dance. It was. It was his last chance to actually try and win that chip, and I don't think he's going to get one. I'm with you, dude. I think that might be the last chance that – his best chance. This was his best chance to win it besides, I guess, the year before. But even then, I think people were kind of doubting like how far they got because they ran into a lot of teams with injuries. But this year, it just seemed like this was the team. They had the best record. Um, they were the most clutch, and then – now it seems like everyone's coming out of the woodworks, dude, to just talk smack about Chris Paul, like like Pat Bev. <laughs> you mean you mean one guy? That's Pat true. Bev. Well, and and Anthony, anyone in a Wolves uniform seems to be coming out and talking smack about Chris Paul. Well, you know, here's my stance with Patrick Beverly: is when has anyone ever listened to that guy? Like, true. like truthfully, like. When has anything that he said ever made any sense? It's all just to get a reaction. And so that's that's what I took out of that. Uh, I don't think Chris Paul is done. Like, I, I, I want to be clear that I'm not saying Chris Paul is just done as a player. Like, he should retire, whatever. Like, I still think he can be a valid contributor to any team. Uh, most likely, he will finish his career with the Suns. But uh, I, I just don't think that that team is going to, you know, losing two years in a row missing out on the finals i don't see them getting back there next year yeah uh especially you know deandre ayton wasn't playing great uh that final game and i think that that may all of that combined i think may cause some turmoil within the team and i'll I'll be real interested to see what comes of it you know come next season but I don't know, what are, you, what are your thoughts on, on Chris Paul getting back it, it, getting back to the playoffs, uh, also the Suns getting back to, to the playoffs or even, you know, past the first round? Dude, we'll see what the Suns do in the offseason. I think that's going to be a big part, especially with this DeAndre Ayton thing looming, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, But I don't know if Chris Paul could be the second best person on a championship team anymore because of his age. And like, I'm not trying to be like an ageist here, but you just kind of, there was a really sharp decline in his performance. Like literally Mm -hmm. going in the first round, he had a game where he went 14 for 14 to not scoring in a, like a, a win or go home situation 
until the third quarter like that's that's a drastic decline and you actually saw the mavericks they were headhunting him like luca wanted that switch dinwiddie wanted that switch too um mm-hmm. and so did brunson they wanted to attack chris paul and i think you know that's that's gonna hurt the suns in the future because he's only gonna get older yeah so we'll i mean see. time slows down for no one except True. for maybe astronauts lebron james and tom brady yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not from this planet. So. Yeah, that's just, this is true. I'm pretty sure he's an alien, bro. <laughs> he has to be. Uh, yeah, it, it'll. I, I'm in agreement with you, man. Like it's it's going to be really interesting to see what they do this off season. Uh, but I wouldn't, if I were a betting man, I would not be putting my chips in the Suns' favor. Me if too. that makes any kind of sense. Me too. Uh, but yeah, what a what a game seven, man. Both yeah. games. I, I did not expect that. I thought they were going to be closer, uh, more of a competition. But Boston rolls away. The Mavs run away. Now we've got a Boston Heat matchup that I got to say, I've been I've been kind of down on the Heat this whole time. Me too. But they kind of took it to Boston, man. They were in control the entire game. I think it's because we haven't seen the Heat really be tested. And you saw the other side of the bracket. Okay, the, the other side of the bracket had the Nets. <laughs> it had Boston. It had um, the Bucks, Like, some really formidable teams. It had... Um, did it have Chicago? I can't remember. Anyway, really strong teams. And then the Heat, it just felt like they were just kind of cruising on the other side of this um, bracket here. And now they get to Boston. They win one. And Jimmy Butler looks dang good. He looks good. Yeah, scoring 40 points, being super disruptive, like on defense. Like, this looks like it, it might be a long series. It, it could be. I think Boston needs to get it together. They need to run. Uh, they need to play the game that they want to play, where I think the Heat kind of took them out of their game plan. Um, you need to have Tatum take over you need to have brown take over what i find interesting is that boston seemed very much in control the last game of the uh matchup with with the bucks right then they come out here to the heat and they look they don't look as cohesive they didn't right and so it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, what adjustments they make going into game two. But I think you're right that I think Boston is going to net uh, uh, not up this series 1-1. And I think they're going to take the next game. Yeah. And I think, I think like you said, man, it's going to be a close series. And I think it's going it, to, this has a potential to go to seven in my eyes. Yeah, I, I, I think Boston didn't start out that bad. But once it got to that third quarter, it really got away from them. And you start to think, like, how much of this was Horford being out with COVID yeah. protocol? Yeah. And then also Marcus Smart, Smart. Mm-hmm. being out with an ankle. I think it's an ankle. I forget. I um, think it was an ankle, yeah. But if those two come back, do you think the, sheri- the series is going to shift more in favor of Boston and you see Boston coming away with this? or? I mean, I hope had, so. Had the heat showed you enough. To- <laughs> Are you cheering? You're cheering for Boston here. Oh, yes. I'm okay. 100% cheering for Boston to win the NBA championship. Okay. But as far uh, as the series in six, seven? 
Uh, I think it has the the potential to go six or seven. Yeah. Okay. What, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna say Heat in seven. Really? Actually. Yeah. I'm gonna go Heat in seven. Um, part of it is I like Eric Spolstra. And I think when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when teams are really close, like in talent, I think coaching is going to do it for you. I know Ime Odoka, wonderful cl- coach, but I don't think he has like those battle scars yet, those experience well, he yet. From, he came from pop system. It's true, but it's different when you're the head. But you are right in the fact that Spolstra has been doing this a long time. Yeah, long time. So that's what I like. And also, <laughs> I saw no weaknesses in Miami's game with a very defensively capable Boston team. So that's true. And, and I got to say I'm here for it. I'm I'm ready to see how Boston responds after game 1 and I guess maybe it's a part of me is hoping for a long series uh in Boston to win, but right. you know you make valid points. I think the Heat actually do have a chance. I think the Heat are a good team. Even though I s- repeatedly said in the past that I, I don't believe them i don't believe in it yeah i but, guess we'll see man but you know uh i talking about a, a highly contested like tight series that this could be then we look at the western conference the warriors and the mavs man yeah. the warriors are up 1-0 over the mavs and it doesn't seem like it's gonna be close it doesn't look that way, but we've been surprised by the Mavs before. <laughs> True. Right? Let's rewind back to the previous <laughs> series. Yeah, I mean, the Suns were up 2-0, and it looked like the Suns were going to literally steamroll this team. And all of a sudden, like, you blink, and they're winning a Game 7. Just, um, don't, let, just don't let Draymond start insulting... Uh, Luca, <laughs> you know he he probably did that in like the first minute, dude. Like it's already too late. It's absolutely too late. But I, I'm not gonna doubt the Mavs. Uh, but I do feel like the Warriors have an edge here, and mm-hmm. I I didn't know how much of an edge until I watched this game. If Luca is not hitting his shots, like there's no other option for the Mavs. It seems like. Well, it kind of reminds you of of the Milwaukee Bucks, where it's kind of a one-trick pony. Right. You know, if if their star player is off, then their whole team is off. True. And whereas the Warriors, it, it isn't quite the same as the Warriors that we've known in years past, but it's also not the same as, as Dallas or Milwaukee. They have guys that can take over the game, not, not named Steph Curry. Yeah, and that's a great point. That's a great comparison. Um, I feel like in the last round we had a lot of these uh, series where it's like one super, one superstar trying to take down an entire team, mm-hmm. and Luca is still trying to do that. I think he's the only one left standing. He's because, the last one. <laughs> yeah, because the Heat, great team. Boston, great team. Warriors, great team. And then Mavs, it's like Luca and everybody else. Well, you I know? said I said in the last uh, series that. I just I don't see the Mavs making it past this round. There's no way. They just they don't look to me like a playoff team. Yeah. And you know, it's it's good to see like on the Warriors standpoint, Steve Kerr come back. I think that has a lot to do with how this series has started and started off hot. 
Yeah, you didn't if, like his stand-in? If it was still Mike Brown, <laughs> if it was still the Sacramento Kings coach, who knows how this game would have gone, dude. But yeah, um, dude, I, I don't know what to make of this series just yet. I think I'm not going to overreact to game one just because it was such a blowout. It's You just expect the Mavs to just respond. I mean, it so. could just be a fluke. It really could. I mean, th- this happens from series to series. It, right. There are fluke games. But, I, you know, I think you're right. I think after this next game, it might be a little more telling as to how we should be able to to react or, or expect this series to go. And Yeah. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting one. I just don't think it's going to go the distance like the Boston Heat may. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what, what's your prediction? Uh, my prediction is Warriors in five. I think the Mavs yeah. will take at least take one game. Uh, but I think the Warriors run away with it. I'm with you. I'm I'm going. My heart tells me Warriors in five, um, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised to see six, dude. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, Luca sneaky man. I mean, look what he did to the Suns. It's it's funny because we sit here and and we're not we're not talking about the maps. We're talking about one guy, Luca. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. We are talking about one guy, and I think that's the way you should approach this too. And it's funny, like, I, I'm i a big Luka fan. Oh, like, yeah. It's I, hard not to like the guy. The guy's game is is awesome. It is awesome. And the thing is that he's not, like, incredibly fast. He's, like, slow. The, the old I say this all the time. The older I get, the more I like really slow, smart, skilled <laughs> players. Because that's the way I imagine myself on the basketball court now. Where I'm just slow. Maybe not as skilled, but you know what I mean? So so your favorite player changes as you get older. Like you yeah, end up, you absolutely. end up liking like Larry Bird in his final year <laughs> of his career. Yep. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm looking up Kendrick Perkins highlights. <laughs> Man, this said, guy was a stud. Said no one ever. <laughs> I know, right? Does he even have a highlight reel? Except, except for Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he had like a ten point. Eight rebound game one time. Oh man. Something. Ten point barrage <laughs> from Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> I mean, can uh, we just pause here for a second and, and talk about the level of disrespect that guy gets on social media? It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. He, he does get a lot, but it's not shy though. That's I mean, he brings it upon himself. He does. And like his his quick his quick to comment on stuff. Like he doesn't Yes. Like he's not taking his time you know he's not a very um how can i say this he's quick to the trigger let's just say that he doesn't think about what he's about to say he he's just got them, says he's it he's got them twitter fingers twitter fingers absolutely <laughs> that's what he has yeah that's his, he does. absolutely what he has but you know what sometimes the world needs a villain so big perk yeah carry the hell on my man it's true <laughs> i enjoy it dude i even if it's wrong like dead wrong i still like enjoy 90 percent of the time <laughs> yeah yeah it's still entertaining to me though yeah i i agree i'm with it so getting back to what we were talking about i'm actually excited to see what happens uh i'm still having a phenomenal time watching these playoffs because i think it's the most entertaining playoffs i've seen in the last 10 years yeah, still don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict No, it. because there's so much parody. I mean, with the exception of the Warriors-Mavs series right now, I feel like any team has a chance to take this uh, and, and make it to the finals. Um, you know, I, I guess I guess you can't count the Mavs out, but we are. 
So, moving on to the Blazers. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Row. Yes. Please talk everyone off the ledge. The Blazers end up with the the seventh pick. pick. The Blazers (laughs) end up with the seventh pick in the the NBA draft. We tanked for the seventh pick. Let me say it one more time. (laughs) Number seven. Now, B-Roy's jersey number? All I'm saying is, why didn't they send B-Roy? <laughs> I can't believe we got seven. I mean, statistically, that's probably where we should have landed. Oh, dude, I hate you for saying that. But... But you're right. I know. But you can't help but get your hopes up, right? Like, I got to say, when it started, I held my breath until they got to pick seven. I mean, then I was very exacerbated and, and, and upset, but right. I, I think the silver lining here is that we didn't get eight. We didn't get nine. That, this we, is true. We got seven. Yeah, we're still better than half of the lottery. It could be worse. It could be better. Uh, I will have to say, though, there are some notable seventh round or seventh picks out there. That have gone on to do some great things. Ooh, drop Case em. in point, Steph Curry. True. Uh, we had we had Luol Deng, uh, which I know Solid. isn't like that isn't the the craziest name to throw out there, but Luol Deng had a pretty solid career. Yeah, if we got a Luol Deng right now, we would be that happy would be, with that. That would be, dude. I would be stoked. Yeah, we would be happy with that. Yes, absolutely. I would be happy with that. And you know, oh, another another guy is White Chocolate, Jason okay. Williams. Jason Williams. Yep. You know, we had Wendell Carter Jr. more recently. Um, who else? Julius Randall. Solid. Can you imagine if we got someone like Julius Randall, Jamal Murray, Laurie Markkinen, Bismack Biombo? I think the the big part is that these seventh picks in the past. They made NBA rosters and they made NBA lineups and they were actually meaningful. Now, are they superstars like a well, Seth Curry? Probably not. Well, but then there's also a Damon Stoudemire. True. I mean, all I'm saying is I, I throw these names out there because you can't get your hopes up. If you're expecting the Blazers to keep the pick, you can't get too down on it because... Really, you have no idea what these kids are gonna do. And this is true. to be to be in the top seven of the draft is actually a pretty good spot to land. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. Also, the the pick is still valuable at seven. I think there's people who are still gonna look at that. It might not be as good as if we got like a top four pick, obviously. Obviously. But it, it's still valuable. That pick is still valuable. You can still move it. Um and I think you said something 
like important where it's we don't know we don't know what any of these kids are gonna do mm-hmm. what if we pick someone what if we got chet okay if we got chet in this draft he could be a dud we have absolutely no idea how these up, players I mean, are gonna pan out so I don't want to wish this upon any basketball player, but he could end up being like a Grey Golden or a Sam Bowie, you know? Exactly, like, dude. You exactly. never know. Yeah. Uh, the The thing about the draft is you have to get lucky. And luck plays a big part in any sport. And part of drafting these kids is, yes, you do your due diligence. You do your research. You do your scouting. But you can't account for everything. And that's where luck comes into play. Where, like, you know... Dame, we picked number six. True. Look what he did. So, all that is to say, the seventh pick, okay, fine. We've got the seventh pick. Somebody out there, I guarantee, will want that pick. The question is, what are they willing to give up for that pick? Exactly. And what are we willing to package with the pick? Because I guarantee you, that's what's going to happen. That being said, bro. Did you see Dame's reaction? God, the dude, it gave me a, it gave me a damn heart attack. I was like, this guy is not happy, not happy whatsoever. Like you want him jumping up and down, like screaming, like contract extension kind of excitement. The smirk but said it all for me. Me too, me too. You knew that like he was gonna go home and just like cipher. Like he was just gonna cipher or hit the gym hard. He he was gonna do something (laughs) to relieve some some stress that he was feeling that we got the seventh pick. Yeah, he's about to pop out another Dame Jr. I will say this. I (laughs) I do like that Dame was just there. Damn, did you just say he's gonna pop out another Dame (laughs) Jr. Hey man, more power to you. If that's the way you do it, if that's, if that's the way you roll. You said he you know, needed to relieve some stress. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. I mean, that's a A plus comment, bro. It took you long enough. I, it took me aback once I realized what you said. But dude, so I just like that he was there. Like if he was really flip-flopping on on the Blazers right now or his commitment to the Blazers he would not be at the draft right yeah yeah like can you can you imagine like Ben Simmons last year showing up to that draft no (laughs) okay he was ostracized by his own team he's not showing up to the draft are you kidding me that's a bad example (laughs) or can you imagine like KD KD Showing up there, Kyrie, any year, Ky- yeah, ex- any of these fickle players, James Harden, yeah. anyone that's played on the Brooklyn Nets, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> like no, none of those guys are showing up to the draft, right? Right. But Dame Dollar does, and that's what I appreciate because it shows that he's given well, us show- a chance here, right? Well, and not only that, it shows true leadership. Exactly. He's willing. He's willing to succeed with the team. Yeah, and he's also willing to go down with the ship, and I think anybody that's questioning his loyalty needs to understand like, this is it, man. Like Dame, right? You can't discount anything he says, and all these reports from you know unverified sources, whatever, man. Like throw those out the window. I'm so tired of hearing about Dame's loyalty to Portland and whether or not he's gonna ask for a trade, you know, a trade right. to. 
freaking what what's the latest new york knicks like come on man nobody's the knicks, going to the knicks the lakers nobody the, wants to go to the knicks any, nobody wants to go to the lakers <laughs> any big market team if the heat lose in this round <laughs> yeah. probably the heat yeah right they'll say oh you just need to replace lowry with with dave with lillard yeah, yeah. let's just do a one-for-one swap even call it good <laughs> sounds great man so many of us fans <laughs> out there are delusional so delusional yeah it's it's true and it was a good showing by dame to just be there even though we didn't get the pick that we wanted <laughs> but i gotta say though like just as a as a fan of sports in general you gotta love his reaction he's an you, honest guy dude you you gotta love it he can't hide it <laughs> he he literally looked like all of us yes yeah. he looked like yes. all of us he was the embodiment of Rip City right there Yep. in that moment. Absolutely. Agreed. So being that we have the seventh pick, I mean, now there's going to be even more speculation as to the Blazers' future. What what are they doing with the pick, Ro? What do you foresee them doing? Um, I Actually, before you answer that, what would you like to see them do? What I would like to see them do is hopefully draft a wing that's obviously available who is not 18 not 19 if we're trying to groom this team to help dame to win we need someone older more mature probably spent more years in college so we're looking like at a 20 to 21 year old yeah from For iowa, iowa would be wonderful <laughs> maybe have the first name start with a k and it ends <laughs> and, with and a last name it stands, ends with egan <laughs> I was going to say, his last name sounds like Uri. Yes. Curry. Yes. Blurry. Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray would be amazing. I, if he falls to us, that's great. If not, whatever. Um, but I I don't like the look of drafting like an 18 or 19-year-old. If we end up drafting an 18 or 19-year-old guard, that's just going to make Dame feel like his days are numbered. And if that's... So- and if that's where we're at, then you know maybe maybe trade them. But I would I would hate to do that. So let me ask you this, because it, it sounds like you're wanting them to keep the pick and use it. Is that is that the case? Is that where your heart's at? Yes, if we get a pick that we want, like if we get a player that we want. Um, if now if we get like some other offers for like other players like i don't know if seventh is enough to get you a jeremy grant if it is Mm -hmm. wonderful i'll take him um it just kind of depends on what that package looks like yeah but i honestly think that we're probably gonna be and we're probably gonna end up drafting this pick what what about you you know i can see it i can still see it going both ways The, the one thing i like about cronin is he's able to choose a direction and stick to it so far um and all signs are pointing to him trading the pick away but the problem is he needs to i guess it's not a problem the stipulation is that he needs to be able to bring somebody in or a couple of guys in that are gonna make a difference that are going to right take the team to the next level and i've just with the state of the NBA where it's at, I just don't know how plausible that is because I don't know if if there are teams out there that are willing to give up what 
Cronin is going to want. Agreed. And I'm not so sure Cronin is ready to give up what they're going to want. It's going to be a whole like a, a Blazers versus Daryl Morey situation all over again. Yeah, like I'm I'm going to be really nervous that Anthony or Nas, pretty much those two players are in any of those trade talks because yeah. I don't I don't want I don't want them to go anywhere. How would you feel if they traded uh, Hart away in the deal? I'd be okay with it. Yeah, depending on who they brought back, obviously. Yeah, yeah. if. If you could get a solid wing, I, I can't come up with another example besides Jeremy Grant right now. <laughs> like him, and yeah. and chip away Hart. Like I, I'd be okay with that. I feel like you could get another Jeremy Hart, or sorry, uh, Josh Hart. Yeah. So what are your what are your thoughts on the Dame and Ant backcourt with? We'll we'll, we'll just say Jeremy Grant. They're able to trade away the pick and bring in Grant versus, and now this is hypothetical, not saying I want this to happen because I love the guy on our team, but versus trading Ant away for someone like, oh, I don't know, dude from Chicago. Oh, Zach Levine? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind it because it's a, it's a win now mode kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. he's more mature, um, his health kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. I think he's been averaging about like sixty games a season. You want to see that number be up more than that? Um, yeah. But I'd be okay with it. Okay. You not so much. Uh, you know, I I like the prospect of having a bigger guard next to Dame, but I'm not so sure, Zach takes the team to the next level offensively absolutely but the whole issue here with the team is defense yeah that's perimeter defense that's true i think i would have to like kind of dig deep into zach levine's defensive numbers i want to say that he's not that bad on defense i'm not saying he's bad i'm not saying he's a bad defender i'm just saying you don't bring in zach levine for his defense you bring him in because he's more of a two-way player but heavily weighted on his offense on the offensive side yeah i agree with you i agree with you i think if we could find a defensive two i don't know who that Mm -hmm. would be but if we could i think it'd be a better pairing with dame it's just i don't i that's the thing i have no idea who that available person would be like i almost wish that that alex cruz like if we could go back in time and get Alex Caruso, Caruso last huh? year would what have about been great. Like Marcus Smart, I know, or that when Boston was like begging to ship him away. Yeah, <laughs> and now look at him yeah. winning like Depoy and stuff. Yeah, man. Um, it's 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 gonna be an interesting offseason, man. And I gotta say, I don't know what the best case scenario is for the Blazers, other than. You know them giving away little to get a lot back, and as we know, that never happens for the Blazers. But I wanted to ask you what your best case scenario would be for this team this offseason. This offseason, it would be nail the draft because <laughs> <laughs> so that draft up, draft the, the right player, draft the right named Keegan Murray in your eyes. Yes, named Keegan Murray. <laughs> But draft draft the right player, 
hopefully shop around to improve like the two guard position because I like I like I like Hart I do mm-hmm. I just don't know I just worry about like whether or not Ant Dame and Hart can be on a winning squad like a championship aspiration kind of squad is that because it kind of reminds you of the whole three guard system that yes. we had before yes and, and rightfully so i i don't think yeah. you're wrong for thinking that way um you know you you talked about the blazers making sure to draft a more seasoned college player an older player versus a younger player um and i i gotta say like that makes a lot of sense to me because if you're going the youth movement when you're when you're grabbing someone out of the draft that's not gonna help you immediately maybe in the future long term but not immediately which is what the blazers are trying to do they're in win now mode but that being said are you gonna get nervous if the blazers keep the pick and draft a young player yeah because it to me it kind of signals that that we're not gonna help dame Mm -hmm. win a championship this year that's that's the part that worries me. Um, and if we're going that direction, then by all means, we, we got to figure out what we're going to do with Dame. Because I don't think Dame is going to be able to to lift a younger team to a championship. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I think you're right. I, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. I think that, you know, you said it. If you're going to go in the direction of youth, you have to make a decision on Dame. And I'm not saying that this is the right decision because I don't know what the right decision is. <laughs> I think I think right. committing to Dame is the right move. I think trying to build around him is the right move. But given what we know now, after all of these moves have, have played out, knowing where we're drafting now, when is the time that you have to make that decision that you know what we gave it our best shot maybe we can't pull this off dame and we're gonna have to talk about moving you somewhere right when does that happen because now if you can't make that decision if cronin can't pull that proverbial trigger you're gonna be stuck in limbo for a long time which is why I think this offseason uh, is going to kind of dictate the trajectory of this team for the next 10 years. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think the time to decide that is right now. You know where you are in, in this draft. And right now, I would expect Cronin to be shopping that pick like crazy, trying to see what he could get. He should be. And he probably has a good pulse on whether or not what he could get back can help Dame win soon. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, like, I think that's sort of where you're at. Um, waiting until draft day is going to be pretty dangerous, though, because I think that's the right move, though. You think so? Like right at draft I, day? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. I th- why, I why think do you it's think the that? right move because you don't want to put all your chips out there before things start playing out because you don't know who's going to fall. 
True. Because it's happened. It happens all the time. Guys fall in the draft. You don't know who's going to fall to seven. And you don't know who's going to maybe be procrastinating to see if they can move up. Right. Or maybe they want to move down and get some picks, you know, in the future. Who knows? Like, there's, there are so many unknowns that I think you wait until draft day. You get... You wait until you get someone on the hot seat. Yeah. I, I can see that. Decision. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely. Now, the last thing I have for you here is DeAndre Ayton. We talked about him kind of disappearing. Yeah. There have been a lot of rumors or speculation that the Blazers should and or may be looking at attracting DeAndre Ayton to come play with with Dame. I think they will. Do you think he's really a target, though? I want to say yes. I want to say that Ayton has proven enough to garnish an extension. Um, Okay. And... I think Dame kind of showed his cards a little bit mm-hmm. when when he liked that tweet. When he liked that tweet saying that DeAndre Ayton should team up with Dame to go win a championship. Yeah. Dame obviously likes it. If that if that tweet was right, look, man, and I, I would they love look to see. It. I would love to see DeAndre Ayton team up with Dame here in Portland. Uh, not to look. I don't like throwing people under the bus or anything. Yeah. And uh, so you think it's more like gamesmanship? That's what they're doing here. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, I hope DeAndre ends up on the Trailblazers roster next season, and Dame gets a fine for tampering. But <laughs> I don't like throwing people under the bus, and I don't know if this is going to or not. But recently, uh. Another podcast, another show, the host had posted or tweeted, excuse me, uh, something along the lines of why are Blazer fans so high on Aiton coming to Portland? Explain it to me. Why? What are the, what's the reasoning sort of deal? And I couldn't help but quote tweet it and say, you know, he's athletic. Mm-hmm. He's young, he's athletic, uh, he's a good rebounder, he's athletic, <laughs> <laughs> so on and so forth. And I got into a discussion with somebody because I said he was a he was a good rebounder. Okay. Which led me so the the long and short of it is DeAndre Ayton averages ten and a half points a game for his career. If you were to look at that and tell me that that doesn't tell you that DeAndre Ayton is a good rebounder in the NBA, well, first of all, would you ever say that? And secondly, when are stats worthless or empty or maybe they don't mean as much as it looks like they do on paper? When, when is that? And, and what stats are they that could be empty, worthless, meaningless? 
yeah, this is this is stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it is absolutely stupid. I don't know who is trying to say that DeAndre Ayton can't get rebounds. Like they've never watched basketball before. <laughs> like, have well, you not turned no, no, on the hold TV? Hold on, hold on. Like, you know what so, I mean? His his argument. Okay. I, I think I think it it bears to mention his argument is that most of DeAndre Ayton's rebounds are easy. He doesn't have to fight for them. Which made me think, one, you don't watch very much basketball. Two, a rebound. You don't watch very very much basketball. That's the <laughs> second reason, well, okay. Two, uh, a rebound is a rebound, in my mind. Whether you have to fight for it or you're just in the right place at the right time. Either way, you did whatever it took to get that rebound. If you weren't there, if you didn't fight... If you didn't do X, Y, and Z to get that rebound, there would be no rebound. Yeah, and it's it's so stupid because literally he was on last year the Western Conference champions team. Okay, this year they're still deep in the playoffs. They have literally been playing meaningful competitive basketball with a competitive team and he's still putting up these stats, which means that on an... On a bad team, can you imagine what his stat line would be? This guy would be like a 2020 <laughs> machine. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Like, yeah. is he not still going to produce that? Like, if you've watched him enough, he could score on the outside. He has a mid-range. He also has a post. He gets lobs. He could rebound. He's also a defensive anchor. He literally does everything. Also, he's not that bad guarding the perimeter. So, I don't even know how you criticize this guy without seeing well, him outside of the suns right now i mean yes and i want to recenter us here because we're i was only speaking about his rebounding ability now say what you will about his shot blocking ability or his scoring ability or his his perimeter defense specifically with his rebounding because let's face it the blazers also need some rebounding right um DeAndre Ayton is a one, he's an above average rebounder and he, he's pretty damn good at it. Yeah, I I think he's a good rebounder, man. Like like this... to me like like okay. I know you and I have been watching basketball for a long time. We played basketball. We get basketball. Maybe not as well as some, but more than a lot. Right. Um if you see a stat line of 10 double digit rebounds averaged for a career now granted his career has been short so far it's what four years now if you see a double digit stat line in rebounds you're not gonna say that guy sucks at rebounding no absolutely or, not and you're not gonna take no. away the fact that he got so many rebounds because they were easy or defensive rebounds no absolutely not like i i would be with this guy if i was looking at his other stat line like if in 2018 and 19 his rebounds were like 18 19 or something like that to like <laughs> make this drastically like more in the favor of his argument where it's like oh well he spent the first part of his career having empty empty stats but the thing is is that he's consistently at this 10 
11, 10, 10 every single year, whether or not he's on a bad team or a good team, which tells me he he knows his role and he plays steady. He does his thing, dude. He's not trying to chase stats. So, so is there a stat out there that you think, and I'm just talking basic stats here. Like I'm talking points per game, assists okay. per game, rebounds, steals, you know, blocks, whatever, whatever you want to say. Is there a stat out there that you think is maybe, maybe holds less weight than the others? Yeah. Russell Westbrook's triple double. Well, okay. You're talking the, when he averaged a triple double for a season. Yeah, right? and one MVP. But I will say over James I, I Harden, don't think, who should have won it. I don't think I can take that away from him. I don't think that you that's can. meaningless because wasn't he still on a decent team? Like he he was still winning, right? They had yeah. A winning record. But but Stephen Adams was a big part of just giving him a lot of those rebounds. Sure, but he still got them. It's true. And you're talking an 82 game season. He still yeah. got them. I think it's different when other teammates are trying to help you get those stats as opposed suppose, to but, you're just but, getting empty stats. But you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you know there is no love lost between my, with my relationship with Russell Westbrook. Not saying that <laughs> I have true. one, I'm just saying like I really don't like the guy. But yeah. Sorry, Lukrovka. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is like I can't take it away from him because he's such a freak athlete true like yes it's more impressive to me that he scored that many points or averaged that many points but to be able to consistently get that many rebounds no matter if his team was trying to help him or not like he got that many points that many rebounds that many assists right like that's got us that's that says something like that's i'm with you i see your point that there holds water with me yeah it, it, it's more like i find it kind of empty because if i if i'm thinking of this correctly i think he just barely broke the 10 rebound a game threshold sure, sure. and the reason to give him the MVP award because of a triple-double average that had not been done since Oscar Robinson, that felt Robertson. cheated. Robertson. That felt cheated to me, and it felt cheap. And that's why I'm like, well, it, it. that's okay. To me, it's empty. I Okay, yeah. I understand that. But also, I, I, I think that that is a different argument yeah. than what I'm asking you. If you just took a stat line, no matter the player, insert player x here uh-huh if you look down his basic stat line is there a stat that just doesn't matter to you no yeah it, it, i, I, I would say no there's, it's an honest none. question because because you know saying that somebody they all matter you know isn't a good rebounder because this and that like those rebounds still count for something those assists still count for something. Those points True. obviously count for something. Blocks, whatever it is. The only thing for me that I could see detracting from a stat line is steals. Because if a ball handler loses a ball and, and another player picks it up, technically that's a steal, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about a rebound. If it hits the ground and no one's going to get True. it. And I was just going to say, yeah. but at the same time, you can also say the defender was there in position. Maybe yeah. he affected this ball handler. I don't know. It's it's just an it's a it's a thought provoking uh, tweet that had me, it sent me down this <laughs> hole that I could not get out of. What matters and, and what needed, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. And I needed to talk about it with somebody. And in fact, I even brought it up on the Trailcasters Discord. Nice. And we we went on that for about an hour or two. Uh-huh. And it's it's just it, it was it was an interesting uh, thought that was provoked by I believe somebody that maybe doesn't know a lot about basketball yeah i'm gonna agree i'm i'm in agreement with you anyway do you want look, deandre ayton or no i would love deandre ayton okay if and we... and i and i also want to be clear that that doesn't detract from what nurk has done here in portland i just yeah. think that deandre ayton is the prototype that we need and needed for a long time to play with someone like Dane. I agree. All I see is if DeAndre Ayton could play really well next to Chris Paul, he's going to be damn good next to Dame Lillard. Imagine. Just imagine for a second. Let's take a moment of silence. (laughs) (laughs) Let's give each other time to think. Yep. Think about it because I get giddy when when I think about that. Yeah, me too. But look, uh, tonight we watched uh, the Warriors take down the Mavs. Tomorrow we got Boston versus the Heat, which is probably when this episode will drop. Um, I can't wait to talk about these next games. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to talk about what does or does not happen for the Blazers in the offseason. It seems like we're talking more about what hasn't happened for them recently and i just i want something to happen so that we can be excited but ro thank you again for joining me on this episode yes shout out to you the bay area blazer shout out to the basketball podcast network DraftKings, and especially you our listeners twitter followers and bucket busters you make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic keep reaching out to us on twitter at busted bucket with your comments and questions we love building community with you all Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe, and leave a review if you're digging what we're saying. Be good to each other, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.